Welcome to our third episode of For Such a Time as This. Good. Yes. We're on a roll, I know, we are. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we've got there. Um, where <laughs> we've we're, made it. <laughs> tick. Uh, where we're helping, helping women display the beauty of the gospel. Um, well, you've already heard from Em, and I'm Janelle. And so once again, ladies, we're looking forward to journeying with you tonight. What we thought tonight was is to kind of unpack why we want to help women display the beauty of the gospel in including ourselves. Um, Mm. I think we said in the last episode that we're not sitting here from a position of thinking we've arrived or we've made it. Um, we, We often want to think of ways to help us fight against culture, Mm. to swim upstream um, and to make much of Jesus. And so part of this is just an encouragement to ourselves to keep going. And we might be only two listening. (laughs) Um, And And our mums. I'm sure our mums are listening. Yeah, mums will definitely listen. (laughs) Hi, mum. And just to, yeah, to persevere in a culture that is moving further and further away from biblical Mm. truth. Um, And so if you're listening, thank you for listening. Um, and we really do hope that tonight encourages you. And so, Em, as we think about women displaying the beauty of the gospel, I think one of the beautiful verses would be Romans 12, 1 to 2, and I'm sure everyone is quite familiar with it, but could you read it for us tonight as we kick off? Romans 12, 1 to 2. I will get that now, yes. It says, um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Thanks, Sam, for looking at that. I just love the renewing of our mind, because unless I'm renewing my mind, I... Gosh, it doesn't take long for it to... Be unrenewed. <laughs> yeah, abso- absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as Christians, but also as women who follow Jesus, we have such an opportunity to point people to Jesus through the way we live. Um, we have such a, an opportunity to display the beauty mm. of the gospel as fruit of our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that we're passionate about. Huh? Yeah. Can you yeah. think of a time you've been passionate about something? Other uh, well, than the gospel? I was actually going to ask you that question, Janelle. So I think I'd like to hear your answer to that. Yeah. Can you think of a time when you've been passionate? I'm not like a super passionate person, like seriously. My passions last for about five minutes and then they die. Like running, couch to 5K, I'm not even sure I made it to the end. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I'm a good person to ask, ask this question. So how about you? Can you think of a time when you've been passionate about something and what did that look like? How did it affect you and the people around you? Because if we're passionate about something, we usually do other people's head in by talking about it? I think probably, I can think of probably the the thing most in the last few years um, was definitely when I first started CrossFit. Mm. I absolutely loved it. You were a machine. And oh, I've got none of that anymore. But um, I, I loved it. I remember the time you were doing something CrossFit related and ripped off your... On my fingernail. Yes. Yeah. And finished your workout. Yeah, I did. I would have been done forever if I'd done that. I had fake nails on and I was doing toes to bar and I kicked the fake nail off and it ripped my real nail off. Yeah, but I had to finish the workout. No, Um, that's where you went wrong, Nelly. You did not have to finish the workout. I was so... I would have passed out, actually. That would have finished (laughs) my 
I had to pet the dog. I remember the coach. I think he was a bit... Ugh. Oh, I would have um, been. I feel a bit sick just thinking about it. But anyway, I was super passionate. I still I still love CrossFit, but mm. I you know, can't do it at the moment. But um, I was super passionate. I told everybody. I invited people to come yeah. in classes, try it out. Yeah. In my spare time, I was reading how to do a wad better. I was yeah. reading how to do a training to be a CrossFit trainer. Yeah, which time. I did do. Yeah, um, You were definitely passionate about CrossFit. I, I loved it. Yeah. And it affected me and then it affected how I talked about it and what I did and I also remember you being passionate about fizzy but we're not going to go there right now Fizzy I liked, but yeah. Anyway, Tupperware. I did get Tupperware. Oh my gosh, it's going down Tupperware for, no. for a while. Um, but <laughs> how can you be passionate about Tupperware? That's but. for another day. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, it it affected how I spoke. You mm. know, I was excited. I really yes. enjoyed it. I saw the benefit of it. You spent time doing it. Correct. A lot. Yeah. And then people came and did it with me. It was just, you know, because your passion was contagious. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And yeah. so, you know, I apart think... from me, I, I'm not sure. I once I did. Yeah, I and, and with you. yeah. Anyway, that I remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this actually applies to thinking about if we want to be women who display the beauty of the gospel. I'm still trying to wonder what happened in our first CrossFit session. You were doing sit-ups oh, and you got yeah. like sit-up burn, burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on your tailbone. Um, yeah, and I think CrossFit is dangerous, ladies. Stay away. <laughs> on topic, please. Um, and so I think if we want to be women who display the beauty of the gospel we actually need to be passionate about the gospel we do um and we need to be excited about jesus well i think the reality is we're not going to display the beauty of the gospel unless we're passionate yeah and and so i think um as we think about displaying the beauty of the gospel what are some things that are foundational to us being able to do that i think yeah in terms of displaying the beauty of the gospel and being passionate about the gospel, I think the first thing that comes to mind is is the John 15. Like, that's definitely one of my life chapters for me. I love the whole chapter, but particularly verses 4 to 5, I'll read them now. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me... You can do nothing. Mm. I just think there's such powerful words in there, like abide. abide. We, we actually just looked at what does abide mean just in preparation for this this talk, and it said abide means to remain, to continue, to stay. So mm. if you just change that word, remain, continue, to stay in me and I in you. And like, it's that personal relationship yeah. with Jesus. It's not just knowing about him. Yeah. It's it, Jesus is alive. Yeah. Um, and it's That's that... Right abiding in him spending time yeah. with him getting to know him yeah. and allowing the fruit of that to affect every part of our lives yeah yeah um, so our relationship to jesus is key my my husband loves looking after our garden and i'm thankful for that <laughs> but you know we have a few fruit trees and he waters them he fertilizes them he attends to them yeah, um cultivates. yeah absolutely cultivates them yeah. and i don't care enough i just let them die yeah, well, <laughs> but, well, as soon as the fruit falls off, it dies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that time and that care, um, we get some beautiful yeah. fruit. And I think this picture is amazing, that whole idea of the branch can't bear fruit by itself. Yeah, that's right. And without Jesus, we can't bear fruit. No, 
That's right. We can do nothing, as it is actually what it says. Which is actually very sobering. It is, because I think we, I don't think we realise that all the time. We struggle on and try and do things in life by ourselves and not recognise that actually, without Jesus, we are fruitless completely. Yeah. And at the same time, it's also encouraging because we don't have to do it on our own. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. The growth isn't down to us. Absolutely. We've positioned ourselves to receive that grace and that growth, but we can't actually make it happen. Yeah. And so I think that's a beautiful segue. If we're thinking about that, how do we practically abide in Jesus? What does that look like? How can I be positioning myself to abide in Jesus? Yeah. I think, well, for me, when I'm thinking about abiding in Jesus and cultivating that relationship with him, that's basically what it is. It's cultivating a relationship, like which is what I do with other people, with you, with friends, with family. Um, and it's not going to just happen on if I'm just spending time with Jesus on a Sunday at church or even if it's a Sunday and a, and a gospel community, like the relationship's not going to be that strong. It takes time. Like a relationship with anyone, it does take time. It takes time getting to know him and like, you know, so... If I get to spend time getting to know you, getting to know what you're like, what the things you enjoy, like CrossFit, the things that you're passionate about, your personality, then I get to know you and that relationship develops. And that's the same with our relationship with Jesus. We need to spend time actually getting to know him. Who is he? Who is his character? What is he like? What does he love? What does he spend his time doing, talking about? And to do that, obviously, we need to primary through his word. And I think in particular reading the Gospels, mm. um, looking at who Jesus was, his character then. And and like the Bible says, if you if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So basically what God is saying, if we don't know God, who God is, look at Jesus. Those who know Jesus know who God is. So if that's who, if we want to get to know who God is, we need to be in his word. And we need to be particular. Like, what was Jesus like? What did he do reading the Gospels? And then, um, obviously, that gives us a lot of head knowledge about who he is. I think then we want to help cultivate that into a personal relationship. And I think that comes through talk, actually talking to Jesus, mm. which is what prayer is, really. I think sometimes we can overcomplicate prayer, but it literally is just talking to Jesus. Um, like I say to my kids, talk to God in the way I'm talking to you right now. It doesn't have to be in a particular place or a particular time or use particular polished words. It's just having that relationship and having that um conversation with god that honest conversation talking to him but then also listening to him as well Mm. like i think that's definitely something i've been challenged in over the years i can my prayers can have been a lot of just sitting down pouring out my heart to god okay done amen off i go (laughs) (laughs) which like you just wouldn't do that in any other relationship i wouldn't meet up with you for a coffee (laughs) <laughs> well, not very often anyway. Maybe if it was a really bad week, just sit there and spill out everything and then get up and, and walk off. Yep. That's not going to cultivate a relationship between us. What is going to cultivate a relationship between us is then when I'm listening to you. What do you have to say? And God does speak to us, and like obviously primarily through his word, but it's listening to that, listening to those verses that he might bring to mind, mm. things he might want to say to us. Yeah, and I think that's, and I think that's really helpful, um, that it's not just purely reading God's word, that, no. that it is... It is spending time with him. It is um, allowing the word to wash over us, but also prayer and meditating on those verses um, and listening to his spirit. Yeah. Reading his word, you're going to get to know a lot about him, but actually cultivate relationship comes through prayer and actually communion with him, not just reading his word, finding out a whole heap of information. 
And I think one thing I found really helpful as well is just worship music. Mm. Like, I love worship music, just having it on in the background. Like, particularly if I'm having a bad day and my heart is struggling, like if I'm feeling particularly grumpy, which does happen <laughs> more than I would like, um, I do find putting worship music on and just having that speak truth to me. Or driving in the car, just put it on. And it's also speaking truth to the kids if they're in the car too. It was actually quite funny um, when our second child was born, she had trouble falling asleep. And um, so rather than white noise, we used to play um, the Prayer of the Saints. Oh, yeah. Prayer of the Saints album. Yes. Yeah. Sovereign Grace. And so that was just Little on. Little plug there. Re- yeah, repeat. <laughs> and then as they've got older, for both girls, you know, they still fall asleep listening to music, but we just yeah. use our Sovereign Grace playlist. But this yeah. morning when I was driving in the car, I had it on and our eldest daughter, she was just singing to the words. words. And I was trying to have a conversation to her with her and she's like, Mum, I'm just singing at the moment. (laughs) But But think about all the truths that she's learned through learn no songs. Songs is a great way way for kids to learn truths, but it's also a great way for us to learn truth. So yeah, Yeah. that's definitely one way I seek to cultivate. And I guess a relationship is just it says it's spending time often. Yes. Yeah. So throughout the day. Doesn't have to look the same all the time. Could be listening to worship music. Could be Praying as you're walking along the park, you know, in the park, or walking the dog, or whatever else you might be doing on the train, the commute to work, just have it, just making God a part of your day, talking to Him, involving Him. And I think I'm mindful of maybe some ladies who are listening at the moment. What if someone's listening and they're thinking, but I'm just not passionate about Jesus, or I'm just not passionate about spending time with Him? I find it hard. Mm. I find it too hard. What's your encouragement to someone in that season? Well, I think, first of all, I'd say I think we all all get there at different points. Mm. We all have those seasons where we just feel a bit drier. We're not feeling that relationship with Jesus in the same way, not feeling that those warm fuzzies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not all about the warm fuzzies. So definitely don't let your feelings dictate that to you, dictate truth. But, um, yeah, just to encourage you, we do, do all have those times. And for some people, like, they may never have experienced a time where they're really passionate uh, about Jesus. And I think for me, that was true for many years. Um, it was actually when we were over at the, Dave was at the Pastors College, um, over in the year 2000, over in America. And we were actually at a conference over there, they were doing for leaders. And um, CJ Mahaney was talking on keeping the main thing the main thing. And like, And this was like leaders from all Southern Grace, like, from all different countries so actually we were in america but our pastors from the uk had come over as part of the conference and at the end of the meeting cj did an appeal um for people that weren't passionate about the gospel and and it was for people that either were just in a dry season or for people that had never been passionate about the gospel just to raise their hand and people prayed for them and you know that moment where you get like the yeah. heart starts beating fast and you're <laughs> yeah. like oh i know this is me because for me i hadn't been I, I believed it all in my head i completely would have could have told you the gospel, believed it, but just never really had that heartfelt passion. Like I remember people used to say, you should be more passionate about Jesus than somebody that jumps out and saves you from being hit by a bus. And I just think, well, I'm, I might just be me, but I think I would be more grateful for something to stop me being hit by a bus. And that was really where I was at. I was like, I've never actually had that passion. And I think I saw what I was missing when I went over to the States. So I put my hand up. And people prayed for me. Like, I definitely had to die to fear a man. I was like, what are people going to think? I'm over here, Dave. My I'm husband, a pastor's wife or about <laughs> oh, to that's be. right. <laughs> Am I even a Christian right now? <laughs> like, So, um, yeah, I definitely had to die to fear a man in that to respond. 
and it wasn't an overnight like it wasn't like I woke up the next morning and suddenly like was super passionate about Jesus but I think for me that was just a real turning point of I am going to keep knocking on the door until it opens. I am going to position myself mm. to receive that um, passion from the Lord. And that looked like for me actually yep, spending time in his word. I actually listened to a lot of messages, particularly on the cross. Um, I think it was one of um, CJ Mahaney's series actually on surveying the wondrous cross, which um, yeah, looked at what Jesus did on the cross, looked at God's wrath, like which is something, that's something I'd never really thought about too much before I think I'd more had a Santa Claus view image of God like just this nice guy in the sky that helps us out now and again um and I actually think the one of the biggest things that helped me was just seeing the seriousness of my sin yeah like I think for me growing up in a Christian home I thought myself I'm a pretty good kid like I didn't do too much wrong really like there were some minor things in my view but like um, yeah, as far as I was concerned, I'm not really that bad. Therefore, if I think I'm not really that bad, the gospel, the cross, is not really that big. Yes. Because it's not really needed. So I think then just spending time with people um, and just, I think, God really opened my eyes to what sin was. To the fact that those people that I'm jealous of, that's a sin. Mm. To that irritation that I might feel inside me, that anger, even if I'm not expressing it, that's, that's a sin. To the pride. To the yes. fear of man that I like I still battle with to this day. Being bothered what people think about me, that's a sin. And I think the more God revealed that to me, the greater my passion for him and what he had done for me on the cross grew because I saw, wow, I am a sinner mm. and I need a saviour. Rather than, well, we're all sinners and we all need a saviour. It becomes it personal. Be- it became real personal. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was that probably took the process of a good six to nine months. Like I said, it wasn't like an overnight thing. But just to encourage people, like, if that is the place where you're at right now, like, there is definitely hope and for I think change. Talk to someone. God gives yeah, grace to the humble. Definitely. Um, yeah. And there is grace available. And so sharing it with your gospel community, sharing it with, you know, other ladies who um, you respect, sharing it with your husband if you're married, yeah. um, just inviting people in to to pray, encourage and keep you accountable can yeah. be a huge means of grace Yeah. Um, as you seek to abide in Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is so important. I, like, I, I think when we're talking about this, I often remember a quote that I've heard Dave use a few times and I think um, CJ Mahaney actually uses it in his book living the cross-centered life it's from john stott and it says the cross is a blazing fire at which the flame of our love is kindled but we have to get near enough to it for its sparks to fall on us so the cross is where our love for jesus is going to be kindled Mm. but if we're not the same like if you have a fire pit in the backyard if you're right up by the house you don't feel feel the warmth and feel the heat yeah whereas when you get close to it you feel it and that's the same, I think, with the cross. Like, if we're not spending time sitting at the foot of the cross, spending time with Jesus, spending time looking at who he is and who we are, then we're not going to feel those sparks falling on us. Whereas when we do... And then that affects how we think, how we live. Um, it really does. It just has, yeah, an overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm also just aware that um, seasons change. Yeah. Um, and for some ladies, thinking... I love this and I want this, but I don't practically know how to do this. Mm. Um, Like I think for me, in terms of quiet times, the transition from (laughs) pre-motherhood to motherhood, no, not so much one child. I still found that okay. It was 
two children and three children, really hard yeah. to work out how do I actually spend time with Jesus? Get some time alone even. <laughs> you know, yeah. pre-children, yeah. you know, I'd set the alarm early, do my quiet time. I could pray on my commute. I could listen to something on my commute. Like there were just mm. times when yeah. I could be um, intentional. But then when I had when we had two children and their day sleeps didn't marry up, yeah. they were up at the crack of dawn, up, you know, multiple times a night, I just found it really hard yeah. to abide in Jesus. Mm. I mean, definitely there were some daily moments of, I can't do this yeah. and I need help. your help. <laughs> yeah. The SOS calls going up. Yeah, but I think, you know, when, when you know, for others it might be just a particular difficult season at work where there's travel, there's late nights, yeah. there's early mornings, um, you know, potentially there's some ladies listening who are, um, you know, who are, are sick. And so physically mm. it's it's Could challenging. Yeah. yeah. Or caring for someone who is sick. Yeah. What are some practical things that we can do to make abiding in Jesus possible in the season that we're in without feeling guilty that we're not doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a big thing is having realistic expectations for the season you're in. So <clears throat> if you are leaving the house at the crack of dawn to um, go to work, it might look different to you than it did when you were in uni, when you had more time, that sort of thing. Um, so I think it's just changing that mindset of what a quiet time looks like. I think that can sometimes be an unhelpful, like it doesn't always have to be dead quiet. Like we can maximise that the commute. I've definitely heard people talk about that before. But the, the, the reality is it's a heart disposition, it's a posture, it's mm. a wanting to talk to Jesus, spend time with him. Maybe that's just you literally have time to read over a couple of verses in the morning and then pray as you are on your commute. Um, other things that can be like, yeah, like I talked about, worship music can be good. Like um, all those things I think we just talked about earlier, really. I probably don't have too much more to add. I'd be interested to hear what you would say, actually. But um, I think just having times in the day where we can regularly come back to his word, putting verses around the house, putting them in your car, whatever it might be. And I think and I think that's it. I think it's like you said, it's having that heart disposition and knowing that maybe for the next three months it might look this way and then it might change um, in another season. And when I have young children, um, it might look this way. And so I think it is. It's maybe praying is all you can do. Or like you said, you might have a verse on the fridge and that's the fridge that you're, sorry, that the fridge you're meditating on. That's the <laughs> verse that you're meditating on for that particular day um, yeah. or that particular week. Um, but I think where possible we want God's word to be what we run to first. Yeah. Um, in those seasons, it can be, you know, oh, I'll quickly get in my exercise or I'll quickly, you know, do this admin yeah. or I'll quickly do this something. But if we can yeah. be inviting in Jesus and spending time with him as the yeah, foundational priority, priority mm-hmm. um, that will affect everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll renew our mind as we face the day. Yeah. Um, and what do you do? Like for you, what do you find helpful in the season you're in, like in terms of abiding? What does that look like for you? I, I think for me right now, particularly um, it's so it's not early mornings because I think my son was up at <laughs> Your mornings ten past enough. five this yeah. morning and that was it. Oh, um, um, but I think for me, I try as much as possible to send the older two up for rest time as soon as, 
our younger son goes to bed right, um, yeah. for his day sleep. And so, and my first priority is I'm going to read God's word. I make my coffee, read God's word, mm. and that's what I do. Yeah. Um, I try either the kids' gospel-centered music or gospel-centered music yeah. for me. I try to have that on in the background and in yeah. the car. Um, I And then I try to pray. Often prayer is what falls off the radar yeah. a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, okay, if I can just get reading through God's word and then, you know, if I don't have prayer, time for prayer, that's what tends to go. And that's right. something that I really want to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's also just, okay, Lord, you know the season I'm in. You know yeah. what I can do. Help me. Um, help me just to be mindful of you. Um, yeah, so that's at the moment, this yeah. particular time, how yeah, I try cool. to make sure I prioritise my quiet times. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah, it's ever-changing. It is, yeah. But I think it's like, that's what we remember, it's about a relationship. Like, yeah. if you miss a day, <clears throat> don't let that fall into condemnation and, oh, I didn't get up yesterday or I didn't make that nap time work for it. Like, it's... It's just, it's cultivating the relationship. Just keep going. Pick up where you left off and just find another time that you can spend with the Lord. Like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be all routine like that. And trusting God that as we spend time with him, you know, it's him working in us to bear much fruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And so that's, that's kind of ladies um, where, um, helping women display the beauty of the gospel has come. We, we, our heart for the women at the church is to be abiding mm. in Jesus, is yeah. for Jesus to be the foundation of our lives, um, right. to be the most important relationship. Um, that we might bear much fruit and make the gospel attractive to those around us. Mm. Um, so let me pray. Great. Jesus, we thank you that as we abide in you, it is you who will bear fruit in our lives. And so I pray for us as women who believe in you and trust Mm -hmm. in you, um, that our lives would display the beauty of the gospel. Our lives would display the fact that you died for our sins and you rose again, Um, that in you there is life, there is hope, um, there is forgiveness. And I pray that as women... Despite the challenges that we face, um, despite the ups and downs that we go through, um, Lord, that we would be women firmly planted in your word. We would be women who renew our minds um, in the truth of scripture. We would be women who are passionate about you and live for you. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we look forward to um, meeting with you again for our next episode and thank you for tuning in.